Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. You make food, then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Welcome, welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Chef Sean Boucher, and today, today we are talking about one of the coolest things I think that's out there right now, and that is microgreens. Microgreens, for those of you who do not know, are miniature versions or smaller versions of some of the greens that we are pretty familiar with in the kitchen. Uh, everything from herbs like basil and cilantro all the way to lettuce mixes and some of the baby greens there but microgreens have an advantage they grow very quickly but they're also also very nutritionally dense today we're talking to Debbie and Grant Strong from Strong Vertical Gardens and they're gonna give us a little bit of an education on microgreens the advantages and what it took to get them to where they are right now. How many staff do you have? Uh, four and a half. <laughs> Two part-timers. Well, plus then myself and Grant, so you could okay. say six and a half, yes. These are some chives that are growing right now. The girls are getting ready to pull these off. Nice. I'm walking through the warehouse with Debbie in Charleston, Utah, just outside of Heber City in Provo, Utah. And it's pretty amazing. This is an incredible facility. And I'm wandering around kind of in awe, uh, also taking some pictures. Take it down there, it's pretty hard. The thicker one. <laughs> Debbie and Grant have been in this business for a few years now, but they didn't have the smoothest start, but to where they've gone from to where they are now is is pretty amazing. This one is the mountain mix. Mountain mix. Was this something you guys came up with? Yeah. Well, there's an intensity blend that comes out of Fresh Origins, and everybody has a different mix, but mm -hmm. I just call it the mountain mix. This product that I'm looking at, this mountain mix, is beautiful. Absolutely stunning. If you want to take a look at it, we've got pictures on our Instagram and Facebook of the products. But, man, it, it is really cool stuff. Um, this is our, our big cooler that we're getting ready to be harvesting this uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for Kroger again to get going. But those are our keys wow. back there. Debbie's pretty proud, and she should be. They've just gotten into Kroger. They've gotten a huge amount of retail business uh, just in the last couple of years. And then this is our growing space. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> I really wasn't kidding when I said, wow, it is so cool when you walk in and see these lights and these towers of towers and rows and rows of towers. It's, it's something to behold. It's just awe-inspiring when you walk in and see those lights. I know, right? So we're waiting for the lights for this section of Tower 3, and then we'll expand it two more sections um, 
and get this completed, and then we have room for Tower 4 back here. Okay. Wow. And this is where it all started. Just that right there. In a bedroom in our house. <laughs> so this actual unit? Yep. That actual You want to pose next to it? No. No? <laughs> she tells me later that she didn't dress for this on purpose because she knew that it was only going to be audio, so she didn't want to pose for the picture. But this tower is tiny comparatively speaking to what else is in this warehouse but it is how they got started and it's kind of a metaphor for the way they got started and the way that they have come to where they are now start small and grow big i then meet grant that's grant down there yeah you can tell that the two of them have been working together for a long time and work well together hi Colin, nice to meet you nice to meet you too heard a lot tour? about you yeah yeah the two of them really are the yin and the yang. And that's Grant's world. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's your background in Grant? Uh, landscaping. I did that for 35 years. Okay. So you know a little bit about this. Then. Yeah. You know, growing stuff, sprinkler systems. I knew a little bit about that. And then the rest we just figured out. This is great because if you could see this system and see how complex it is and how many moving pieces there are, you would understand what an understatement that is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We've had to fight for every single step that we go forward. Yeah, it's oh, kind of sure. new. Yeah. Being the owners of multiple businesses, it's obvious that these guys know what they're doing. They know how to build a business, and they're building one heck of a business with strong vertical gardens. Well, and you're expanding pretty pretty quickly I mean relatively speaking yeah from that's from, what everybody else says from what a doesn't seem like it does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that the tour was very impressive and now let's take a minute to get to know Debbie and Grant and strong vertical gardens okay guys let's hear your story let's give us the once over Grant, you can start. <laughs> She's usually the the voice of the business, but I'd I'd be glad to share a little bit about how it all started. We, uh, like I told you earlier, we were in the landscaping business, and as we got older, we kind of grew tired of that and thought, let's do something else. And we started a small experiment in our home. The kids grew up and moved out of the house. We had a spare bedroom. We filled that bedroom up with a small tower garden. And we approached Whole Foods, the local Whole Foods in Park City. And they said, yes, we'd be glad to buy your product. We're very interested in that. And they bought everything we could grow. So shortly after that, we moved into a warehouse space in Park City also and filled that up and did that for four years and outgrew that and then built this 11,000 square foot facility here in Charleston. And it's all been a rather quick progression. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that you never anticipated necessarily in becoming the microgreen farmers or whatever context or whatever title you might go by now. Um, it was more of a happenstance, more of a happy accident. Yeah, for sure, you could say that. Um, 
I have been in the restaurant business for 20 plus years and have worked with high-end restaurants and at high-end restaurants. And so I always noticed these small greens. And so when we approached Whole Foods, we also approached um, the chefs that are local here in Park City and said, you know, would you guys be interested if we could grow this for you? And they said yes, because they've been shipping it in from out of state um, and paying overnight freight fees and everything else. So in turn, what they did was they groomed us into and taught us what the product should look like and how it should be packaged. And our chefs really are the ones that got us going and on our feet. And so they compare our products to the number one um, company back in Ohio, Chef's Garden, as far as quality and consistency goes. Wow. So who who's some of your mentors or who's some of the people that have helped you along the way? Because obviously you haven't done it alone. You've had some people kind of nudging you certain ways or, mm-hmm. you know, that pick up the phone when you call. Who, sure. who are some of those people or some of those resources you've leaned on? Um, Chef David Mullen was really great with us. He was at uh, the Montage and then moved over to Sundance, and now he's a corporate chef. Um, chef Christian at the Montage has been excellent. They're all excellent, might I say. Um, chef Chip Mullen at the St. Regis as well as Rachel there. We work closely with um, Bill White Restaurants. Uh, Derek was at the Garapa, and now uh, Benjamin is now the chef there. But Chef Matt is the executive chef for Bill White, and they have just been so supportive. It's been amazing. Um, uh, chef Rory out at Vessel, and uh, they're opening uh, another restaurant down in um, Spanish Fork area um, this, this summer. All of those guys have been very key. Um, I mean, I have a whole list of chefs that have supported us and encouraged us and purchased from us in order for us to be able to build this business. Glenn, who is the produce manager at Cisco, has been yeah huge help. He's gotten a lot of business for us. Copper of, Canyon. A lot of really good input. Mike Muir. They've been great. And now U.S. Foods we have uh, started working with this uh, last fall in 2017. So you're working with all the broadline distributors for the most part, um, mm-hmm. as well as some of the more specialty houses. So who who is telling you what to grow, or where is that where's that coming from? Um, just ourselves and what we can grow, what grows well, and what also for our retail product line, uh, what is nutrient dense um, that we can give in our retail product line for the consumer to use on their sandwiches or on top of their omelet or however that they may want to use it, um, a product that's um, high in protein as well, a vegetable protein, uh, plant proteins, which are great for vegan people. Um, and we find too that with the retail product line is that the kids really enjoy them because they're tiny little vegetables and you know kids don't eat a lot of vegetables, a large portion. So if you can get these tiny little vegetables onto their dinner plate, let them play with them, they love it. Oh, I, I can imagine. I'm sure mm-hmm. my kids would go crazy over the, just the, the tiny little things because my wife also, she loves little things. Yeah. So kind of the nuance of, of something that's new, it's not necessarily new, but it's new. Uh-huh. You know, you're, you're growing things like basil and uh, some of the other microgreens out there. 
just off the top of your head, what are some of the things you're growing right now? Um, we are growing basil. We grow cilantro, kale, broccoli, peppercrust, pea shoots, pea tendrils, chervil. We grow um, petite lettuce, uh, mosh. We also grow a mix of greens like dandelion greens and turnip greens. And the list goes on. And then we have our edible flowers that we have coming online for this summer. Which is awesome. I There's a lot of... A lot of people that I think are really getting into that now. Um, so tell me about, you know, when you choose to grow a product, you kind of experiment with it a little bit, see that it will grow and then see how it will sell from there or vice versa. Or tell me a little bit about that process. Both probably. <laughs> it's got to sell for us to continue to grow it. Right. And obviously you're, you've gotten into some high-end resorts, Montage and St. Regis and but you've also just had some uh, some major retail success. You want to talk about that and that process there? Yeah. Um, Harmons and Kroger, which is Smith's, will be bringing us, or we're actually already in the Smith's, we're in 50 of their grocery stores. So it's a select number. They have 140, but they're going to try our products there. And then Harmons is planning on bringing us in in half of their stores to start. Wow, that's great. And then Whole Foods. Like in I mentioned, Trolley Square and Sugar House and Park City. We like to say we have all the Whole Foods in Utah, which is there you go. <laughs> just in the Salt Lake Valley. <laughs> hey, you got to take what you can get. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, when when you're going through this process and you're growing them and you're you're selling it, you know, this is obviously the Business Chef podcast, so we're we're focused on the business side of things. Um, what? What is the growing stage like? You know, you talked about out in the warehouse as we toured through there, there was about a two-week time span from when it was planted to when it grew. Mm -hmm. Um, During those two weeks, what is life like? What are you doing? What are you focusing on? What's the process while while they're growing? Because obviously planting and harvesting are probably your main time periods. Are you planning them at different times to where you're harvesting at different times? Yeah. I talked about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so that's any chef wants consistency in a product. You put it on your menu, we guarantee it'll be there. Or I will do my very best if we have a hiccup. Um, and so if you start ordering a red vein sorrel and you know your your distribution company knows that, we always have a constant supply by doing date rotations. So we plant, because I know what the yield is on each tray, um, I can come very close to always meeting. Uh, we exceed demand, and then if we have to throw something away, that's better than shorting a chef. So what is the shelf life like on your products? It's amazing. Um, so we reuse all of our water. The water goes through an ozonating system, and the byproduct of that is oxygen, which is very helpful to the plants. Um, by growing hydroponically, actually, our chefs have said that our they like the flavor of our products better than dirt grown. The other thing that you'll find with our chef line of product is there's not any dirt in it. It's a very clean product. You do need to wash it, however, before you use it on a plate because we don't do the washing process. So, but watching how things grow, you know, Sean, it's actually pretty easy. We have a, a system and all of the seeds are sprayed with parasitic acid pre before they go onto the tower just to make sure that 
we're taking care of any pathogens that can occur and preventing that from happening. Um, seeds are sprayed, put onto the trays, and then we just have to observe them. Everything, we have a state-of-the-art uh, watering, processing equipment that takes care of everything for us and makes sure that it all gets fed properly so it grows nicely. Do you have people that maybe come in and inspect your facility or... or you talked a little bit about your involvement with the USDA. Yeah. You can talk about that a little bit. Sure. We're monitored by the Utah Department of Agriculture, and so they can walk in our door anytime that they'd like, and they do spot inspections. And we get about two of those a year. As well as we work with, um, out of California, it's called Greener Fields Together. And what they are is a support group for networking for small farmers to connect to chefs as well. And what they do is um, they pay for our third-party inspection. So they fly an inspector and an auditor, basically, um, from anywhere in the country to come in that's NF certified, NSF certified to do these audits. And they go through all of our paperwork and make sure we're taking, keeping track of everything that we do and that our standard operating procedures are, are um, on track for things that need to occur should anything bad happen. So with your background in restaurants and your background in landscaping, it's kind of a match made in heaven when this business from, from what I can see, <laughs> we're out in the, uh, we're out in the, uh, warehouse there. And as we walk past all of the big, machines and ozonators and water systems she points and says that's grants <laughs> which obviously there's got to be a yin and a yin and a yang for everything that you do what are some of the ways that you you complement each other or balance each other in this business because obviously working together as a as a couple can be a challenge from time to time yeah we've always worked together we do pretty well that way and Oftentimes people comment and ask us how we can manage it, but we just do. Uh, she's really good at the, the, the personal end of it, the PR, uh, dealing with all our customers, um, the business end of it, she works through. And, and I guess I'm the COO, <laughs> the, <laughs> the chief operating officer. I'm back there making sure the equipment works, building it, maintaining it and we we just complement each other that way yeah we met working we um, met in 1983 at Deer Valley Resort it was 34 years ago and we were working together in the rental shop and so from the very first day that we met we were working together and then strong maintenance which was Grant's business we worked together with that as well and we are the yin and the yang so it just works that's awesome. Well, I know that there's a lot of people out there um, that probably wish they could have a dynamic as smooth <laughs> as that, <laughs> especially in business. Yeah. It's got bumps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be weird if it didn't. Yes. Um, yeah. So with all that said, where do you see this business going? Where, what's some of your hopes and dreams and aspirations for the future? My hope and dream is that society sees that what they have been eating is 
not good for them and that they choose differently and that we're able to provide them with that good food. We grow 365 days a year in our state-of-the-art facility under LED lights. We reuse all of our water, no pesticide, herbicides. It's all clean, fresh food. And that's just getting that out there for everybody to enjoy and be healthy from it. Absolutely. Grant? Yeah, and also to educate people more, make them aware that there's a lot of times 30 to 40 percent more nutritional value in these baby plants than there is in a mature plant. And a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people don't understand that you can get the intense flavors from these mm -hmm. small plants. Uh, it's just amazing. People are just in awe because yeah. we like to make sure they sample it. You know, it looks cool as a garnish, but it also adds a lot of nutritional value and a lot of flavor. So that's, so we ha I have two, you know, goals with that, and that is with the chefs to provide them with local products so that they don't have to fly it in and we reduce the carbon footprint. So in working with Cisco U.S. Foods in Muir Copper Canyon, we requested, as well as Kroger or anybody, that they do a backhaul for us. Their truck is already here. Please take it back with you. I don't need to put another truck on the road. And then with that is that the the product always stays in the cold range and the temperature. So um, our products, because of that, to the chefs, like, my pea shoots will last for a month and a half in my refrigerator. Our basil, you know, it's seven to 10 days, but that's basil. But you look at cilantro's or red vein sorrel's, different products like that, you can get an easy two weeks out of it. My goal in when we started first working with the chefs is that you would use the box before it died. So the only thing that's gonna pretty much cause that to die would be a transportation issue. So bringing them really good fresh products has been a huge goal. And the challenge I think is gonna be to educate the public more, especially since we're going into the retail end of it, because it's a new product and, and a lot of people don't know what to do with it. So there's going to be some education that takes place. And a lot of the, the millennials are very aware and want to learn what they're eating mm -hmm. and where it's coming from. And it's, it's a new trend. And I think there's really no end to where it can go. And the chefs, you know, can, they can really capture that part of the retail by bringing it into their salads. Um, these products are really affordable that are on our retail product line that the chefs can start using as a nutrient-dense salad. And that's what the consumer is looking for on a menu is, if you put that on there, and um, people are tired of crunchy, raw, rubbery kale. This is a same kind of product, but a lot tastier. Or And it's not just plain iceberg yes. with very little exactly. nutritional value. All, all crunch and no nutrition. Exactly. Well, it's pretty amazing. I, I have to say, seeing the facility, uh, meeting you guys, touring around and looking at it, you've really put your heart and soul into it. Um, and it sounds like you've really put everything on the line to make this, this happen. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. What What is it that you, you had talked about? You sold your home and you're kind of all in. 
We are. Um, Grant and I built a house together. (laughs) 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 We were in it for 25 years and raised our daughters there. And we sold that and we invested every single penny that we have into this, along with the support of the USDA and, and First Utah Bank. And here, here we are sitting in your temporary home. Yeah. You'll be building your more permanent home on the land here. But uh, uh, I don't know that anybody and everybody would do that. No. No. Especially after you've had careers that have been successful. Not everybody wants to start over, so to speak. What is it that made you want to start over? What is it that drove you to do that? Is that just who you are? It is. We're not overly afraid to do anything new Uh, a lot of people are and we're doers more than talkers so if we have an idea and it seems viable feasible then we go for it in a big way (laughs) yeah well you know um we did have a rather extensive feasibility study done for this project because that was required before the bank would loan us the money because it's a fairly new enterprise and they haven't seen it before. So we had a very professional gentleman do a, a very detailed feasibility study. And, it was feasible. And turns out that he was able to convince the bank and us because we need to know also. We don't want to, you know, just throw it all away yeah and we really believe that that not only uh is this something that we can enjoy doing but we can actually make a good living doing it and um really our other business uh we kind of had maxed that out as far as where we'd wanted to take it it was hard physically mm-hmm. i was not interested in hiring large crews and getting more and more accounts in the maintenance business. I was tired of the snow removal end of it, getting up at four in the morning and being out there in the worst of every storm. That got really old, so, and we had not saved enough money to be able to retire and, you know, maybe do a simpler job somewhere else. So we just decided to look somewhere else and this is where we ended up. Well, it's pretty amazing, and uh, I, I think as you move into retail, a lot of our listeners will be interested to be able to, to go out and try the products. Um, I know I've tried them a couple of times, and they're, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing how much flavor's in them. It's amazing the texture of them. It's amazing how bright the colors are. You know, I'm, I'm very familiar with microgreens, but it does seem like yours are kind of a cut above any idea why that is? It's love, right? It's the love you put <laughs> It's in. a lot of love. Um, and like I said, the, the ozonating system uh, byproduct is oxygen, which is very helpful. And then it, we don't, it's not necessary for us to wash the product and then dry it before it's packed. We do dry it. But once you start putting, once you harvest something, whether it's a piece of lettuce, like an iceberg you see when you crack it, and the next day it's all brown along the edges. Well, it's because it's been washed. So because we don't have to wash our product, that adds to life on the shelf. Which is very important, you know, as a, as a chef and an operator. I don't want to yes. buy something that is going to be good for two, three days, and then I have to throw it away before Friday night even hits. Mm-hmm. 
So what advice would you give to anyone who maybe wants to, maybe not necessarily this business, but follow their passions and move forward in, in a business, whether that be farming or food service or restaurants or whatever it might be, what advice as entrepreneurs and people who have done it and been successful, what advice would you give to people? I think what, you know, going back to what Grant mentioned, um, being entrepreneurs and having our own business previous to this, we um, worked that one up to a certain level and there was no risk involved because we didn't have to build a building. We didn't have to buy land. We were able to run it out of our home. With this, we realized that the feasibility study was so important and um, there are people you can contact online to have feasibility studies done and, and reduce your risk or at least to help you understand what you're getting yourself in for. Um, we risked everything. It was very scary. It's still scary. But um, that really helped us to be able to know that what was end, what was the end result going to potentially be if we worked really hard to get it. So we... It took a lot of that fear away. Mm, it helped. Some of it. <laughs> it's never totally gone. But We've had some sleepless nights for sure. Yeah. Well, I applaud you and your efforts, and uh, look forward to look forward to seeing your product everywhere someday. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, all throughout the region. It's gone out of the state. It makes it up to Jackson Hole. Makes it up to I think it's in Boise now. Mm -hmm. Makes it down to St. George. Telluride. Moab. Telluride. Mm -hmm. We'd uh, we thought a lot about going into Vegas because it's such a huge, consistent market. But we haven't had a need to go there yet. But it's always an option. Mm -hmm. Well, how about uh, if someone does want to get a hold of your product or get a hold of you and maybe find out how they get it? What's the best way to get a hold of you or to find out more about your products? They can contact me via phone if they would like. I do like texts. Uh, and that's 435-640-7877. Or info at Strong Vertical Gardens. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And then our new website that launched has some creative ideas for chefs and the consumer. And that's SVG for Strong Vertical Gardens, recipes.com. LinkedIn has been a good resource. Mm-hmm. Strong Vertical Gardens on LinkedIn? Yes. Okay. Or SVG. SVG. Well, congratulations on your success. And uh, look forward to... Uh, seeing how it grows yeah we have a lot of room for expansion so it'll be good yeah a beautiful piece of property for sure hey thanks for sticking around be sure to share this podcast with your friends family co-workers or anyone who's interested in making food and money and when you get a second give us a review it really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.
This Business Chef podcast was brought to you by the Culinary Technology Fund. To find out more about how you can make a difference in the lives of culinarians as well as creating a more sustainable food service industry, email us info at businesschef.org with Culinary Technology Fund in the subject line.